This is the Shanice Lewis Show, the number one podcast for plus-size women. With your host, the queen of curvy conversation, Shanice Lewis. Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Shanice Lewis. Today is Monday, July 25th, 2016. Follow this podcast social media pages on Facebook at Shanice Lewis Show and on Twitter and Instagram at Shanice Show. You can also subscribe to the show on iTunes and Google Play Music so you never miss an episode. Today we have a very special guest on the show, Frenchie Davis. Songbird Frenchie Davis is a singer-songwriter, a LGBT activist, and a graduate of Howard University. She was first introduced to the world as a fan favorite on the second season of the television show American Idol. And since then, she has continued to wow audiences with her unique and versatile talent. She has performed in numerous Broadway shows, including Rent, Cinderella Enchanted, Dreamgirls, and Ain't Misbehaving, which earned her a Grammy nomination. Her television credits include being a top five finalist on the first season of NBC's The Voice, a guest starring role on the OWNS network, Wanda Sykes Presents Hilarious, and voiceover work for the hit Nickelodeon cartoon Wonder Pets. So we are very excited to get Frenchie on the show. And wait, she's sending me a message saying, what's the number to call in? Let me get her the number right quick because we are excited to talk to her. And Frenchie is going to be at the TCF Star Expo August 11th and 12th in Atlanta, Georgia, and we're going to talk about that too. Let's get her on the phone. So while we're waiting for uh, Frenchie to get on the line, again, uh, tickets are currently on sale at the TCF Star Expo at tcfstarexpo.com. There's going to be panel discussions, uh, expo with tons of vendors for shopping and networking. Today was announced there was going to be a curvy karaoke This is definitely an event you do not want to miss. So make sure you purchase your tickets today for the TCF Style Expo, August 11th and 12th in Atlanta, Georgia. And so we're just waiting for Frenchie to call in. And uh, we're going to get her on the line in one seconds. Just hold on tight. This is a live show, so (laughs) bear with me. Sometimes things don't go as scheduled. 
so she's calling in now. And again, while we're waiting, don't forget to follow the podcast social media pages on Facebook and Twitter and our new page on Instagram at Shanice So make sure you follow us on Instagram and subscribe on iTunes and Google Play Music on your smartphones. And here she is. We have Frenchie on the line. Hi, Frenchie. How are you? I'm wonderful. How are you? I'm good. So I'm excited to speak with you today. I know you're very busy. Thank you for taking out the time to be on the show. Oh, thank you for having me. How have you been? Good, good. I I heard when I saw on your social media, you just had a big performance earlier this month at the Essence Music Festival. How was that experience? It was an amazing experience. I mean, that was that's always been like a dream venue of mine. Um, it was crazy because I was um, considering taking a role in a play uh, in New York, but the performance schedule was going to conflict with Essence Festival, and I had to pray about it for like two weeks before I made the decision, and I was like, I, I can't do the play. That's, it's, it's Woodstock for black women. I have to do it. Like, I, I can't not go. <laughs> And so you were there with uh, the real television show, right? So yeah. is that going to come up on a, um, a future episode? Will we be able to watch it on TV, or was that a, a party just for the Essence Festival? I think it was a party just for the Essence Festival. I know that the real um, live streamed a lot of it on um, their social media pages and on their website, and I think there was a live stream at Essence.com, and there's a conversation happening about me possibly going on the real, um, like the actual show, and doing some stuff. So we'll we'll see what happens. Well, good. You will be a good um, new co-host too if they're looking for one. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> I don't know. I, sometimes I think I might be a little bit too real for network television, but it would be, you know. A lovely opportunity. Well, they are the real, so that would be perfect. Right. Well, you know. <laughs> it's still now, while good. you were in New Orleans, did you get to eat good? Oh, girl. I mean, shrimp and grits, fried green tomatoes, like the whole everything. Yeah, that's one of the things that you must do in New Orleans is eat. Absolutely. It was a really beautiful trip, an amazing opportunity. Now, you have your own company, Frenchie Davis Music Group. Now, are you currently working on new music? I am, actually. Um, And I released, um, like it was a light release of an R&B single not too long ago um, called Stand. And um, I've gotten a pretty good response to it, actually. They've been playing it a lot on um, the Heart and Soul station on XM satellite radio um and yeah i am working on new music um i'm really excited about it i feel like i'm just now finding my sound you know i think the challenge of having been on shows like idol and the voice and doing broadway is that you built this repertoire of singing other people's songs and right it, it took a while for me to figure out like what a frenchie davis song sounds like and mm-hmm. um, 
and I feel like I'm just now starting to come into my own in that regard. So I'm really excited about the show. So since you're under your own company, you're an independent artist, so you do everything yourself involving your music career? I do. I do. And I am independent, yeah. Are there challenges with that? Of course. There there are challenges with being an independent artist, but um, it, it can be quite liberating as well. And a lot of, I mean, even a lot of, you know, bigger names artists are going the independent route these days as well because I think that um, while being independent uh, does have certain challenges, particularly, you know, financial ones when it comes to funding a project, I think that it's important when you're an artistic person to not lose sight of why you started doing this in the first place. And I think a lot of times um, this industry can come up, you know, be accompanied with a lot of things that have nothing to do with music or making music or making good music or being right. true to yourself as an artist. And, you know, those are the kinds of things that are important to me. I think every artist, got into this business for different reasons. Some people got into it because they want to be super famous and they want to be pop stars. And then there's, you know, right. artists like me who got into this business because I just love the thing and I'm really fucking good at it. And I be right. myself, I'd be doing myself in the world a disservice to not be using my gifts, but I'm not willing to be untrue to myself and, um, and or be untrue who I believe myself to be as an artist and, and as a woman. So I think that um, it's really all about what your principles are and what's important to you. And I, I would not recommend the independent route to an artist who like, wants to be, you know, like the next Britney Spears or the next Beyonce. But if you just want to, you know, make a living doing what you love and see the world, I mean, this this indie thing gets paid for my education. I'm almost finished with my master's degree. It's allowed me to see the world, and it's allowed me to make oh, everything well, that I love. Yeah. Now, are you going to um, eventually um, sign other artists, and do you want to manage other up-and-coming artists' music career? Uh, I don't know about managing, um, but there's, you know, there's a possibility that this could evolve into um, – you know, a resource for other artists, that would be ideal. Um, That's a part of the reason that I'm working on my master's degree. I'm getting an MBA in music business, actually. So, you know, I'm hoping that, um, you know, I should be graduating within a year or so. And so I am hoping that, um, you know, in the long run, it can be used as a tool and a resource to help other artists. But who knows what the future holds. Right, right. Now tell me about the Frenchie Davis experience. It's coming to New York City in August. Now tell me about this um, production. Oh, okay. So the Frenchie Davis experience is my cabaret show, and um, it's where I do my own soulful uh, renditions of songs from every genre you can think of, and, of course, standard, jazz standard, you know, Broadway stuff. Um, but like my cover of Betty Wop's Trap Queen and um, my medley of Little Wings, Lollipop, and Whatever You Like by T.I., um, those are examples of some of the stuff that I do in the show. Um, I take songs that you wouldn't 
expect to hear the way that I do them. And mm-hmm. I try to make them musical and, and beautiful and a little bit funny because those are probably the three things that best describe me. <laughs> so, um, and, you know, I love um, taking a song and and finding different meanings in it and, and making it my own. And that's what I've been able to do with the Frenchie experience. I've been doing that now for a couple of years. It started off as the French and Cat Show, which was a cabaret show that I did with one of my besties, uh, Catherine Osbury. She's a comedian and a piano player. And a lot of the arrangements that we put together in our show eventually evolved into the Frenchie experience. Um, I did it uh, for the first time at the Apollo uh, Theater, and it was sold out. And, oh, um, wow. I recently, and I recently did it at the Kennedy Center uh, in Washington, D.C., and it was sold out there as well. So um, I'm excited about doing it um, at the Metropolitan Room in New York. It's a residency. So I'll be there once a month between um, August and the end of the year. So I'm excited oh, about it. Oh, okay. I didn't know it was ongoing. Congratulations. Yeah. Thank you. Now, why is it called cabaret? Why is, what, what's the difference between cabaret and just like a regular concert? Well, cabaret is more um, a theatrical um, experience. And, it, and it's not just a concert where I'm just standing there singing songs. It's interactive. I talk, you know, with the audience. Um, a lot of the songs go with stories. Uh, there's a, it's a merger of comedy and um, oh, theater. Almost like a one-woman and, show, kind of, with song? Almost. Almost, yeah. Hmm, that sounds awesome. Now, you. when you are not performing, I didn't know this, I just learned this, but when you're not performing, you teach in the Washington, D.C. area. Now, tell me more about that. Yeah, there are a number of nonprofit art uh, programs. Uh, the one that I'm working with uh, in particular right now it's called Fresh, with two H's, Fresh Theater, Inc., and it is a community nonprofit um, arts organization um, geared towards inner city uh, teenage girls of color. And, um, you know, we work with the girls and teaching them not only about self-love and, um, you know, anti-body shaming, but we really talk, you know, try to work with the girls and teaching them how to express themselves um, through art and um, through uh, artistic and, and productive ways. Right now um, we're working on this play uh, called Shaking the Mess Out of Misery, and um, it's a really beautiful piece about uh, the black girl's uh, journey into black womanhood. And we re, um, the girls have uh, revamped it so to speak, to sort of modernize it, and Mm -hmm. uh, they're adding music to it. We have them study the miseducation of Lauryn Hill. I know for me and many other um, black women in my age group, that album played, like, such a huge role in, like, my own journey, um, Mm -hmm. evolving from a black girl into a black woman. And so um, the girls, they're really, oh, God, they're so talented. And um, it's really a beautiful thing to see how art, I mean, some of these girls want to be singers and want to be artists. Some of them may never be singers or artists and have no desire to be. 
But mm-hmm. either way, I think it's really beautiful to see how just being exposed to art um, helps to transform these girls and help them um, become increasingly comfortable in their own skin. And it, it just teaches them how to be resourceful. It teaches them how to express themselves. Um, it teaches them to not be afraid of their feelings, um, not to be afraid of themselves. And it's just a beautiful um, journey. And this has been my um, third, yeah, about third year um, spending my summers um, teaching um, in the D.C. area. And I, I love it. I love it. Wow. It is, it's and that's cool. amazing. So you go from performing a big packed house to coming back to the kids. That's well, it's yes. like you're living yes. a double life. <laughs> I am. <laughs> I am. <laughs> and uh but I love it. You know, I think that we all share a responsibility to encourage the young people in our communities and I think, you know, we all can play even if it's a small role. Um we we all can play a role. And in doing that, and 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 our girls need it, our our kids need it, and um, well, you know, we're in such a state of affairs as Black people in America that I think that, you know, we all have to become a village again, and so I'm just trying to do my part. Um, I, you know, I work really hard at using whatever platform that I have, no matter how small it is, um, to be a voice that counters ignorance and hate. And um, I really try to empower um, other women and particularly young people, um, young girls. Um, And there are some young men um, in uh, some of the programs that I work with as well, and they are incredible also. So it's fulfilling work. I love doing it. Um, It makes me, you know, I always say like doing selfless work is really selfish because, it makes me feel good about me doing it. So, I mean, it's really kind of (laughs) self-serving. And and tell me in general why you're so passionate about education because you are working with these girls and you mentioned you were um, enrolled in graduate school to pursue your MBA. And, you know, some people in entertainment don't even graduate high school and can't read. So sometimes it's rare for people in entertainment to go on to higher education. What made you so passionate about it? Well, I think the way I was raised plays a big role in that my parents were huge advocates for education. I mean, they drilled it into us when we were growing up, the importance of education. And, you know, both of my parents are college educated. My parents Mm -hmm. came up in a time, you know, they came up in an era when, you know, a black man with a college degree could go apply for a job and lose the job to a white man with a high school diploma. Um, mm-hmm. You know, so my, you know, even though both of my parents were college educated, we struggled a lot. There was a time when there were six of us living in a one-bedroom apartment. I mean, the struggle was real at times. And mm. my parents always, had really frank and open conversations with me about that. And, you know, my dad would say, look at your mother and I. We're, we're both educated, and look how we're struggling. If you are black in America and you do not have an education, it's going to be rough out here. And they just always taught me that. And 
um, you know, and, and, and education doesn't necessarily have to be going to college or, you know, it, it can present itself in, in a number of ways. There are a number of people who are highly intelligent and highly educated and they didn't necessarily go to um, a traditional four-year university. But I think mm-hmm. it is important to um, commit to being a lifelong learner and never stop thirsting for knowledge or self-improvement or, um, you know, just being able to learn about something. Um, you know, my dad used to always tell me that education has liberated more people than all of the armies in the world. Um, oh, that's a good and, one. And my dad used to tell me that all the time. And, um, you know, even when I first applied to college, I didn't know that I was going to sing for a living. I got to college as an English major. I thought I was going to major in English and go to law school and, you know, be a human rights lawyer and really try to make a difference in the world in that way. And then, you know, I ended up auditioning for the school play my freshman year and got the lead and then changed my major to theater and, and then my life just went on this whole other journey, and I never forgot about that girl who, whose favorite subject was English and who wanted to go to law school. I, she still lives within me, and I think that it's important that we teach our young people to be well-rounded individuals and to not put themselves in boxes. I think mm-hmm. that we do our young people a disservice by teaching them well, if you can dribble a ball or if you can sing or act or dance, you don't have to worry about your education. We, as black people in America, cannot afford to be out here unaware of the world around us mm-hmm. and, unaware of, and unaware of the historical context of, of the world around us. And I think, you know, I think education is important when you're black. I just, I would raise to believe it and, you know, it it would take a lot to convince me of otherwise. <laughs> I don't think you could do it, but <laughs> um, it's just it's, it's a passion of mine, and I think that people should pursue what they're passionate about. And my passions are education and music, and so that's what I've spent my life doing. And another thing you're kind of passionate about is um, positive body image. Because yes. I read Very an essay positive. you did on on um, Ebony dot com called "Fat Thighs Matter" about the yes. curvy movement. Now, for those listening that didn't see it, tell us a little bit about what you wrote about. It's so funny how that even came about. So um, there was uh, someone posted a video on my timeline of that new style show that's on TV with Timothy Snell where he is, you know, taking curvy women and teaching them to love their bodies and helping them to dress and figure flattering clothes, and, and it's a beautiful thing. So right. someone on my time posted a video of this, and I thought, oh, my God, this is amazing. And then I made the mistake of reading the comments, and, of course, you know, there was um, a thin white woman who was complaining that this show wasn't inclusive enough of thin women. And so I ended up having to, like, break down for her. You know, I mean, it's the same thing, like, when you have a debate with someone who counters Black Lives Matter with All Lives Matter. Well, if 
all lives really mattered, there wouldn't be a need for Black Lives Matter in the first place. And it's kind of a similar, you know, thing if um, the mainstream fashion industry hadn't spent, you know, 50 years being non-inclusive of curvy women, then Timothy Snell would need a show and there would be no need right. for for any, for any of this. So, you know, I made the point that this is why it is important for the beneficiaries of privilege to use their position of privilege to speak out against um, the exclusion of others because you run the risk of the tables turning and, and one day feeling excluded yourself. So that was the point that I made. And apparently someone who's an editor for Ebony Magazine happened to see the comment and they inboxed me like, hey, I really loved your comment on that post. Would you consider, you know, expounding on it and, and making it an op-ed for Ebony Magazine? I was like, oh. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Well, that opportunity came out of nowhere. (laughs) It really, it really did. Um, Just from being my outspoken self. And that's why I tell people all the time, so many doors have opened just for me being me. And I tell people all the time, just be true to yourself and love yourself and get comfortable in your skin because it really is infectious. And it really does open a lot of doors of opportunity in every area of your life, actually, um, when, you know, find a way to do that. Um, I'm, I'm living proof. Um, I'm kind of enjoying this journey. This phase of life has been fun. Now, do you feel it's harder in the entertainment industry being a plus-size woman? I definitely think it can be. Um, absolutely. I think that fat shaming is real. And, you know, I I don't have a lot of patience for bullshit. I don't have a lot of patience for um, people who are incapable of just keeping it real. And that is my issue with that, Shayla. You know, like, let's just be honest. You know, let's not try to mask it as concern about health because there are plenty of skinny bitches in line at McDonald's right now. And <laughs> I have... I had chicken breast and kale sauteed with shallots and other veggies for dinner. Mm-hmm. So it's the conversation is really not about health, and that is what annoys me the most about the whole body image conversation. It's that fat shamers don't even have the ball to say, I just feel shitty about me, and so you feeling good about you makes me feel threatened, and so I'm going to fat shame you. I'd rather you just say that because that I can respect because I respect honesty. What I can't take is the masking of it as concern about health because we don't shame skinny people with unhealthy habits at all. Kate Moss is a size negative two, and she's also a heroin addict. Didn't stop anybody from putting her on the cover of the magazine. So we're not concerned about health. So let's just shut that down and be honest and get fucking real. So, um, you know, I definitely think that um, health is important, and I think that healthy attitudes about um, body image and body size are a part of health. And I think that there are a lot of thin people with unhealthy habits, and, you know, we don't shame them. Um, 
the way that, uh, you know, bigger women are shamed in this industry. You know, I remember very vividly having to curse some people out because they made a big old fuss over um, Gabby getting a love scene on Empire. Empire, and I right. Was like, and I was like, dude, like, fat girl, fuck too. Like, get your life together. We have sex too. Like, get real. So <laughs> it's just the whole, you know, like, what's up? Seriously? So, I mean, I definitely have very little patience for that kind of thing. And I think that if we're going to have a conversation about health, let's have a conversation about health and let's include skinny women in the conversation because there are a lot of unhealthy behaviors that people engage in just to be thin. I mean, there are a lot of thin people who didn't live to see their 30th birthday and we can go down the list that definitely didn't live to see 35, Brittany Murphy and and Amy Winehouse. And we weren't shaming them. That's true. That's true. We weren't. Now, have you ever had an experience like Leslie Jones where you couldn't find someone to dress you for a big event? Oh, I've definitely had experiences like that. Um, You know, particularly, like, in the early years of my career, you know, because I've been, I I was on American Idol 15 years ago, so that's, you know, I've been doing this for a minute. And the the amount of options that were available then, as opposed to, you know, what's available now, it's evolved a lot over the past 15 years. And, Mm -hmm. you know, there were definitely times where I felt like I don't want to look like a school teacher when I walk up in here. So, like, what are we going to do about these outfit options? Um, So, plus size fashion has evolved a lot um, over the years, and I can only imagine being like the tall drink of water that Leslie is and and having curves and trying to figure out what the heck I'm going to wear. So um, I can definitely relate to that. And she um, was getting bullied on social media. You have a large following on social media. Do you ever get a bunch of negative messages like that? Oh, yeah, all the time. People, child people oh. call me fat. Yeah, they tell me I'm fat. They tell me I'm ugly. They tell me I look like a man. But I can't. I can't waste my time worrying about that. Like, right, I'm, right. Girl, I'm, I'm just trying to get this. I'm just trying to pass this business math class, and <laughs> you know what I mean. And get to my right. time. Right. So I, I can't be worried about that. I have to worry. If I'm, I'm so busy trying to make sure that what I think of me is. <laughs> It's a surprise that I can't be worried about what other people think about me. And don't get me wrong, I mean, this is 37-year-old Frenchie talking, but, I mean, I wasted a lot of time in my 20s being sad and crying and letting my feelings get hurt. By all. I cannot be worried about none of that. I don't, you can't be worried about keyboard gangsters, people who hide right. behind their keyboards, and there's something wrong with them. Like, right, I don't have time right. to get on my on my laptop and go, like, type in somebody's name in the search box just so I can go to their page and say something hateful to them. Like, what the fuck is wrong inside of you? You're right, right. You, you know, that makes you need to do that to feel good about you. Like, something's wrong with you. 
And I can't waste my time, you know, bearing the brunt of that because I have my own issues I'm trying to work through. I'm trying not to try to be great. So I can't waste right. my time, you know, and I, I pray that Wesley, you know, gets to that place because, you know, again, there are people who got into this business because they love what they do and they're fucking good at it. And nobody prepared them for all the bullshit that was going to come with it. And so I right. think well, I mean, how do like, you prepare for all the hate, though? How could you prepare no, for there's it? No way to, there's no way to prepare for that. And I right. cried on a number of friends' shoulders and called my dad crying. You know, I've read horrible things about myself on the Internet, horrible and really hurtful and really mean. And um, I think that you have to not give other people power over you and, and stand firm in who you believe yourself to be and not read that shit. Right, right. So, you know, uh, social media can be cruel, especially to plus-size women, but fortunately the plus-size community has a lot of positive things like bloggers like Marie Denae, who has yes. an event coming up, the TCF Style Expo. Yes. So, first of all, do you read the Curvy Fashionista blog? Yes, I love her. Yeah, I, I think she's like one of the, the top bloggers in the industry, personally. Oh, yeah. No, she's amazing, and she's such an incredible resource, and her spirit is beautiful. And her event is coming up August 11th and 12th in Atlanta, and you're going to be the official teal carpet host. Now, are you excited about that? I'm so excited. I cannot wait. And you're going to also be performing during the event, right? Yes, I am. Now, what can you tell us about your performance? Is this going to be like the Frenchie Davis experience type stuff, or is this going to be something different for the Curvy Girls? It might be something different for the Curvy Girls. It depends. We'll see what happens. It it depends. Um, But I think it's going to be something, you know, different for the Curvy Girls. I think... It's going to be a party. Now, are you going to be there both days or just uh, on the both expo days. day? Oh, both oh, days. Oh, good. Yeah. So Absolutely. we are excited about seeing you in Atlanta. Um, again, that's August 11th and 12th, um, the TCF Style Expo. And the Frenchie Davis Experience is in August. Where do you uh, purchase tickets for that event? They can go to TheMetropolitanRoom.com or they can look up The Metropolitan Room in New York City and it should pop up. And do you have anything else coming up we should be on the lookout for? Um, Just my residency at The Metropolitan Room. There are a couple of things that are in the works but I can't announce just yet. But be on the lookout for exciting announcements. Really amazing. Are you going to be... um, are you going to be doing more writing for Ebony Magazine, or that was just a one-time thing? Um, I don't. That may have. That may become something that I do more often, and it may be with a different publication. Um, okay. That's 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 a conversation that's actually being had right now. So, like I said, exciting stuff on the horizon. So be on the lookout for upcoming announcements. And tell us your official website and how we can keep up with all things Frenchy. 
Yes, keep up with me on Facebook and, um, you know, facebook.com backslash Miss Frenchie. That's my personal page, so we keep it all the way real over there. But if you want the watered down <laughs> Frenchie, you can go to facebook.com backslash official Frenchie. And that's also my website, officialfrenchydavis.com. Well, thank you so much for being on the show. It's always a pleasure to speak with you. Continue success with everything you have going on. Thank you so much for having me. I hope you have a wonderful evening, and I'm looking forward to seeing you in Atlanta. You too. Enjoy your evening. You too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. And thank you to my fabulous guest this evening, Frenchie Davids. If you haven't already, don't forget to like our fan page, Instagram, and Twitter, at Shanice Show. And I've been your host this evening, Shanice Lewis. Thank you for tuning in and supporting. Until next time, keep thriving in your curves and be blessed. You've been listening to The Shanice Lewis Show. For more info about the show, visit ShaniceLewisShow.com. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.